My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. And whose sins you retain are retained. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Oh, very good. <laughs> you can step out of sequence every now and then. Nice. The communion of the Holy Spirit. The real work of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring us into communion. The communion is a very special kind of relationship. A profound, deep, intimate relationship. It's far more than some of the things we call community, where we all get along with each other and help each other out a little bit. It's more than being joined together in neighborhoods, nations. It's much deeper than any of that. Communion happens, first of all, when there is no domination, no force, no power differential engaging in the relationship. Communion happens when it is a full, free, and equal relationship. Communion also happens when there's no diminishment. No matter how much I might give out, in communion, I am never diminished because I'm always replenished by what I take in. The real essence of the relationship of communion that is the work of the Holy Spirit is to create these free, equal relationships among us in which every single one of us gives ourselves away completely to everyone else and in return receive the gift that everyone else is given. And so there is unity and there is fullness and there is freedom and there is oneness. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's quite a task. Communion is the kind of relationship that does describe the relationships within the Trinity. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bring us into that same relationship. To make us part of it, not partially part of it, but fully and completely part of it. And so that the love of God that is being poured forth into the world 
is received fully and completely by us and returned fully and completely to God and to everyone else in the communion that we are part of. That's the task of the Holy Spirit. To bring about from all of this fragmentation, from all of the fracturedness, all of the brokenness, all of the separation and alienation, all of the animosity, all of the hostility, all of the things that separate human beings from one another, to overcome all of that, to bring forth this relationship of community in which everyone gives all they are and receives the fullness back in return. And quite a task. The Spirit does this in all kinds of ways. And I think one of the things I'm noticing about the Spirit with this task of bringing about communion is the Spirit is infinitely elastic. And that no matter how far any one of us might separate or feel distant or wander far away or not want to be part of the whole thing, the Spirit continually reaches out even further than our desire to separate, always catching us, always grabbing, always welcoming, always pulling us together. The Spirit will not let anyone get too far away, no matter how far away from communion any one of us might want to go. The work of the Spirit is to constantly stretch and gather and hold us. In one. So even though we may not experience the joy of that communion all the time, the possibility that is there never ends because of the massive expanse of infinite elasticity that the Holy Spirit is to never let any part of God's creation separate itself from any other part of God's creation or certainly from the whole of God's creation. Spirit is all about communion. The spirit is all about unity. You notice how many times when we pray the formal prayers of the church, we ask this through Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit. Our prayers to God start from the spirit within us. Go through Christ to reach the Father. The spirit is the animator, the inspirator, the in ignition the starter it is the spirit that prays within us as the spirit prays within us the spirit's prayer is to bring about among us the same unity that exists between the father and the son and their holy spirit the spirit gifts all of us differently in this work of unity which may seem to be a little bit paradoxical but as the second reading tells us the spirit gifts us each uniquely, but not for distinction, for community, for communion. We receive the gifts from the Spirit that we are meant to give away in the service of communion and never in the service of our own advantage over others, because that breaks communion. So we have this awesome, powerful gift. A God who will never, who we can never outrun and can never outstretch God's capacity for gathering us into communion with God and with one another. 
It would seem like it should be so easy. Yet we still see all of this fragmentation. We feel it within us. We know the pain of separation that we can't seem to overcome, even with the power of the Spirit working within us. It's a tall order. But we have all we need to make it happen. But it won't happen no matter how powerful God's Holy Spirit is. No matter how deep God's desire for union with us is. No matter how deep God's desire for our union and communion with one another is. It cannot happen without us. And that's how I'm beginning to understand what I find a very curious thing that we just read in the gospel. As Jesus makes this resurrection appearance on Easter Sunday night to his disciples who are locked away, trying to separate themselves from the danger they feel that they're in. And the risen Christ has no time for separations or locked doors or obstacles or barriers, but comes right in and stands in their midst and offers them the great gift of peace which they so desperately needed at that moment. And then he sends them. He sends them on a mission. He sends them on a mission empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring about the communion that he sought to bring about. To reach out, to find the lost, to gather those who are scattered, to go to the ends of the earth with that. And, in, in, and to empower them for that mission, he fills them with the Holy Spirit, with everything they need to carry that mission out. And then he says, and I find this so curious, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven. Whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. And with those words, he tells us, it's your choice. You have all you need to find your way to unity, communion, peace, and love with one another. But it's always going to be up to you whether or not you allow that power to bring it about. I kind of don't think he meant to them, he meant to say to them, yeah, there are some sins you should retain because they're just too bad. I think he meant it's always going to be your choice whether or not you find this unity and communion that your creator desires more than anything else for you. But you have the Holy Spirit. There's nothing except your own choices that can prevent the communion, the great will of God, that all of creation become one. One with God, our creator, one with one another, and one with all of creation. Everything you need is there for that. But it still remains up to you. Because the one thing God's Holy Spirit will never do is make our choices for us. The choice is always remaining with us. And so we celebrate this great gift of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the fullness of God's presence into every cell of the universe. 
to draw us together. Let's use it. And let's choose it. And let's let that Holy Spirit overcome everything that keeps us apart from one another and from anyone whom God has created.